Hello and welcome to EG's Voice of the Region podcast. I'm Jim Larkin, I'm a regional researcher with EG and I'm going to continue our virtual tour around the UK to talking to regional agents performing strongly in their area's radius on demand rankings. We want to find out what makes commercial property tick in that part of the country. And this time we're off to Berkshire, a high performing county with a flourishing digital technology sector and I'm pleased to be joined by Nick Hardy of Page Hardy Harris. Hello Nick. Hi Jim. Uh, now, you were a founding partner of Paige Hardy Harris back in 2002. Um, what was your background prior to this? Um, and what was the gap you saw in the market that made you think you could make a success of it with PHH? OK, well, I probably uh, have a slightly unusual background for a commercial agent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was in research initially and actually have a doctorate in marine geophysics, which probably makes me fairly unusual. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my early career was in the oil and gas sector and I found it a change in my 30s. And uh, my wife and I already had uh, a sort of a property investment business. So starting up a uh, property consultancy seemed a natural progression. And, uh, you know, Thames Valley is an excellent market for commercial property. Sure. Excellent. OK. Um, how's the company evolved over the years? I mean, what range of services do you now offer um, and what sectors do you operate across? And where's the kind of spread of where your business comes from? Well, we've pretty much always been general practice. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we work across all sectors. We've got offices in Bracknell and Maidenhead. So we, you know, cover the Thames Valley from there. And uh, initially, it was just myself and James Page in the Bracknell office. And, uh, you know, as times developed, uh, Mark Harris joined us. He opened up the uh, Maidenhead office. And uh, I think there's a team of eight or nine of us now. Excellent. OK. Um, now, just for clarities, um, when we say Thames Valley, um, which I guess we're going to hurt a fair bit, um, what areas does that cover? What are the kind of towns? How far west does it go? How far east? Well, I don't think we set us a limit on ourselves going west, but, uh, uh, you know, most of our activity is in what you probably call the uh, Eastern Thames Valley, I guess. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kick in, we do stuff inside the M25, but in the main, we kick in outside the M25 and follow the M3, M4 and M40 outwards. Uh, so, you know, uh, High Wycombe, uh, Reading and beyond a little bit and, you know, down towards uh, Camberley and obviously our radius of that. So that's where most yeah. of our activity goes on. Excellent. Okay. Um, Now, according to the on-demand rankings, you've done 48 deals in Berkshire this year, which is comfortably more than any other radius contributor. Um, How have you managed to keep activity levels high in what have been difficult conditions? Well, I mean, like everyone else, uh, you know, the pandemic did did reduce the number of deals we do. You know, it wasn't a typical year, but it was surprisingly buoyant. And obviously, you know, it masks a much more complicated picture. It's all the sectors have been behaving very differently. Mm. You know, offices, it was a very adverse market for quite a long time out there. Although I'm pleased to say things, life is returning at the moment. And that's been very marked in the last few weeks, actually. But, uh, you know, the key thing is through the, uh, you know, the darkest parts of the pandemic, the industrial market has been booming as well, as you'll no doubt be aware. And it's probably the most the busiest industrial market I've ever experienced, actually. And, mm. uh, um in part, as I think uh, preempting one of your other questions is uh, that is in part due to the pandemic. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, to what extent would you say it's because of the pandemic, and, and to what extent it's despite the pandemic? I'm talking, sorry, particularly within industrial. Well, I'd say mainly despite the pandemic, to be honest. Mm. But clearly, it has had an impact, and we have done uh, lettings to AO.com. We've done lettings to the NHS. We've even done lettings to a pop-up hand sanitizer business. So, uh, right. 
yeah, you know, all, uh, you know, every eventuality has some positive spin-offs and, uh, you know, the, the distribution uh, industry has gone wild uh, recently. And I, I guess it's just accelerated uh, a change that was happening anyway, probably. Mm, sure. Okay. Um, you mentioned things are kind of really picking up now. Are you are we kind of going to see the traditional quiet summer slowdown this year, or do you think you know everyone's going to be too busy for that? Well, I think people will go on holiday just like they always mm. do, so that's still going to happen. So I think the phone rings a little less often, but mm. in terms of actual deals done, I think there's probably quite a lot of serious activity to be done this September. Sorry, this summer through yeah. to September, and uh, you know early signs are that's starting to happen. Sure. Okay. Um, now, um, it kind of feels to me um, like a lot of the home counties, they've seen this gravitational pull of London suck in a lot of the office and other commercial activity um, so that they're kind of just mainly satellite towns filled with commuters, whereas Berkshire, it's kind of a property destination of its own right. Um, is that an analysis you'd agree with? <laughs> and what do you think's behind it? Um, yeah, I guess I would agree with that, I suppose, because I, you know, operate with Berkshire as the focus of our activities. I haven't necessarily seen that as unusual. And uh, indeed, I think we see a lot of that uh, relationship uh, happening in reverse, really. And that's always happened to some extent, is I think we get a lot of, it's always been a location where people that own businesses have chosen to live. Mm. And uh, there always seems to be a tendency, people generally get to a point in their life and career when they think, you know what, they can come and uh, they can drive out to me. And we, we've always seen businesses relocating out from London into our direction. And, you know, the pandemic's probably accelerated that. It, you know, it's a constant flux. It's always going on. Sure. OK. Um, OK, so I mean, with where Parkshire is located, you've got Oxfordshire to the north, Hampshire to the south, London to the east. Um, what does Berkshire offer that's distinct from any of those? Uh, well, we're obviously a discount in value to you know, west of London. So, and, you know, we pull people out for that reason. We're always, you know, businesses are always minded to come out to save some money or because they live this way. Uh, in terms of Oxfordshire and Hampshire, I guess we compete pretty much on a level playing field in the sense that, you know, we're right at the sort of nexus of the motorway junctions, M25, M3, M4, uh, M40. And, you know, as you progress away from that sort of concentration of transport arteries, you know, values do tend to drop a little bit. So mm. if you get out into rural Hampshire and rural Oxfordshire, you know, they're cheaper and that's what you'd expect. But in general terms, in, uh, you know, we pretty much see ourselves as the same market as, uh, you know, the, you know, the commercially active parts of uh, Oxfordshire and Hampshire. So would you say rental figures tend to be slightly higher compared to, you know, Oxfordshire and Hampshire? Well, parts of, but not all of. So, you know, there are some pretty steamy rents going in in Oxfordshire now around the sort of, you know, new Oxford Cambridge art concept, etc. And uh, there are some pretty hot spots in Hampshire as well. But uh, yeah, traditionally, as you drive off down the M3, rents traditionally fall. But it, it's it's not a straightforward linear picture that it used to be, I think. Yeah, sure. OK. Uh, now, Thames Valley, it's a huge technology hub. Um, can you talk through the range of op occupier types that form this hub? Um, and is there perhaps one that's kind of prevalent among them? Well, uh, we have massive range, I think, you know, digital, life sciences, pharmaceuticals, vast service industry. I think the sort of exciting one going forward might be life sciences because of things that have been happening recently. We are a bit of a world leader in that field. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to be involved with the redevelopment of Silver Science Park, which is, 
you know, just down the road near Ascot, and that has been the home of Imperial College for uh, several decades for their research campus, and that's getting redeveloped by Newcore Capital, which is, you know, very exciting. We're very pleased to be involved with that. Excellent. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, Reading, I think, is home to Microsoft and some pretty big brands. Um, what's it like for the startup businesses? Is there kind of space for them, and is, are they given much support? Uh there are a huge quantity of small businesses and startups. Thames Valley's apps. I mean, this may be the same everywhere. And again, you know, I can only sort of uh, vouch for the region I work in. But yeah, small businesses absolutely drive society. And uh, they were the first ones out of the bunkers, uh, you know, as the sort of lockdowns ended. People who ran smart small businesses were back first. And uh, you see some fantastic growth in those sectors. You know, we've worked with people that have come out of tiny starter units to grow into quite big companies surprisingly quickly. Mm. Okay. Um, what kind of are the typical requirements of companies like this? I mean, I mean, is it mainly office? Is it R&D or a bit of industrial? Well, it's everything. You know, they need all of those things. And uh, I think because we're a general practice, that's helped us because we can just work across the sectors. We're not stuck in any kind of box at all. So we're very client driven. So if a client needs a yard, we'll get a yard. If they need a 50-50 building, we'll get a 50-50 building. So um, I think uh, all larger scale businesses have a range of requirements now, and mm. uh, those requirements change all the time. So it's very important not to get yourself slipped into a box. Yeah, sure. OK. Um, I imagine it's tremendously attractive as an investment prospect. Um, how low are you seeing yields go at the moment? Well, uh, I uh, try to be quite conservative on yields and, uh, you know, I don't generally encourage clients to buy below six percent but having said that institutional uh, purchases and particularly in the industrial and distribution sectors uh you know some things are going for yields below five percent that's uh that's happening it's it's not something in the uh you know the general market as said and i'm not a massive advocate of going down there but if you've got a large uh you know pension fund to support and you have to pay out then they're seen as attractive sectors at the moment, and that drives yields down. Sure. Okay. Um, has the fact that everyone's now using technologies like Teams um, and virtual tours, etc., um, has that helped open up investment to an international market who might previously have been put off by the travel distances involved? Well, it probably has, but to be honest, I I haven't really noticed that from the perspective of our business. You know, we're we're a very client-driven business. We have uh, you know a very loyal client base those people are mainly based regionally or nationally so uh, we don't really do a lot with international clients to be honest that's not our business right. fair enough okay um, and on the subject of technology you're now using radius to share data um, how have you found using it and what are the benefits well we love the exposure it gives us because you know mm-hmm. we like people to know we're doing a lot of deals and uh, radius has certainly you know uh, helped get our name out there and uh, you know, that's important so that, you know, people can find you and they know that you're active in an area. So, you know, we're very proud to have been, I think, EG's most active commercial agent in Berkshire for seven or eight years now, I think. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're obviously very happy with that and uh, very happy to be collaborating this way. Well, it's kind of another way of shouting about your success. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's, <laughs> uh, so, you know, we very much uh, value the opportunity you give us in that respect. Excellent. Okay. Um, now, your largest deal um, this year um, in Berkshire was a 16,800 square foot letting at the Western Centre in Bracknell. Um, can you tell us a bit more about this in terms of how it came together and what the space has been used for? Well, I can. As 
I know you already know from asking the question. That's a slightly <laughs> unusual letting. I mean, if, if you'd actually just gone back uh, a week beforehand, I think we let another larger warehouse to a very conventional type uh, distribution unit on the same estate. But the letting you're talking about was to Ozone Rink, and it's for a uh, an ice rink. And that's something very particular to uh, Bracknell, really, uh, because we've always had an ice rink in Bracknell. Uh, right. It's quite... It's quite uh, uh, town has strong links to uh, you know ice hockey and skating and uh, that rink closed recently so uh, uh, you know some very uh, entrepreneurial people popped up and decided they were going to start a training rink in Bracknell and uh, they put a requirement out there and we were very pleased to find them a space on Western Centre. Well so, don't get too many ice rinks. Going no that's the first <laughs> ice rink I've done as well but uh, yeah they're good guys and uh, I'm sure they're going to be very successful so uh, you know they and they came out and they competed well in a, you know, in a competitive industrial market. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was the answer you're expecting to that question, but uh, it wasn't. No, I didn't have much money on. on yeah, I mean, we've done we've done bigger lettings to conventional people like AL.com yeah. immediately before that. And also to uh, sort of kitchen and bathroom uh, distributor. But, yeah, that one happens to be an ice rink. Sure. Okay. Um, how much of an issue is supply of stock? Because I mean, I don't know. I've driven through Berkshire many times, and it's very green and pleasant, um, which must be great for quality of life. Um, but also, I imagine it's hard to get permission to build, especially you know, big sheds. Well, to be fair, the planning system's actually been pretty good at delivering high-quality commercial developments in our area. So uh, you know, we all have our frustrations with the planning system, but on mm. a macro scale, yeah, I mean, I think they've generally been delivering what we need. You know, there's been they've they have actually uh, put through quite a lot of developments for, you know, uh, new large warehouses and distribution uh, centres in the years running up to where we are now. So you have to conclude from that they have been listening to people predicting what we're going to need. And, uh, you know, we've just gone into, uh, you know, a market where, you know, offices, uh, you know, there's, everyone's wondering how the office market's going to uh, uh, respond as it comes, you know, as we as we return to normality. And, you know, we're not left with a massive overhang of offices in our area because, uh, you know, supply and demand are still pretty much, uh, you know, in balance. And uh, I suppose you have to give some credit to the planning system for that. And and they've managed to keep uh, a green and pleasant land at the same time. So, <laughs> although I'm not going to become planner's biggest cheerleader, I've got to give them credit there. Sure. OK. Um, has the planning system kind of kept functioning okay during lockdown because i think from talking to various agents that's the one thing they noticed has really slowed down is kind of planning no, no, and associated it's, it's, legal it struggled it, mm. it, yeah planning getting planning permissions through has been purgatory the poor guys trying to get their ice rink consent which you know only needed consent by a hair's breadth because you'd have thought it would have been covered by the sort of new e-class e uh, uh which it almost was but as it's an ice rink it wasn't quite so yeah theirs took ages to come through and that was very very frustrating and it's the frustrations all businesses have it, it is it is enormously frustrating having said that the change to the e-class uh particularly for smaller occupiers, has just been a breath of fresh air. So whoever thought of that in the uh, government, big pat on the back. They've uh, mm. done business a uh, big favour, I believe. Sure. OK. Um, what's the retail sector looking like in Berkshire? Is it kind of how, you know, how, how damaged has it been by the pandemic and is it springing back? Well, uh, again, it's very varied according to what you're talking about. So, you know, big town centres, larger format stores, it's it's been painful. I think it's been hard. Mm -hmm. uh, the sort of secondary uh, retail sector, local, local high streets, 
it's really strong. It's come back incredibly strongly. We have done lots of retail deals, uh, you know, since the last lockdown. And, uh, you know, I'd even say it's probably a stronger market than usual. Right. So, it, it, that, you know, things are very surprising. I think it's, again, it's a bit like what happened with distribution. The pandemic and changes in lifestyle have basically accelerated changes that were happening anyway. So, you know, local high streets and even town high streets have become a centre for services. And, uh, you know, also a big rise in clinical uses and stuff like that going into high streets and uh, leisure uses. It's all the things we knew were happening anyway, but they've just started happening quicker. And standard retail carries on. You know, restaurants, gosh, and takeaways, wow, they're having a, having a great time. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone just got sick of their own cooking, didn't they, during lockdown? OK, um, now on the subject, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, talk of green and pleasant lands earlier. Um, you are a chartered environmentalist. Um, in what ways can an agent, as opposed to a developer, help push, you know, sustainability in the industry? Well, you know, we've got a lot of input because, you know, we do get consulted at early stages in development. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are obvious things like, uh, you know, put in the right lighting. That's easy. I'm in fact, you know, if I go to an office now, I always recommend people upgrade to LED because uh, it, it, it's going to be great for EPC, but also it just makes the building look a lot better and brings it up to date. It, it, fluorescent lighting really dates a building now. It's, it's like mm-hmm. a watershed. Mm-hmm. Uh, HVAC very important as well that's obvious insulation but you know there are other you know there are a lot of other ways we can influence it car charges coming in uh you know encouraging people to put solar panels on their building so you know i'm very uh you know i'm uh very supportive of putting in car charging points you know just absolutely flood them through the car park because mm. You know, we're all going to be using them in 10 years. I actually got an electric car myself uh, on the day the first lockdown started. So I didn't get to drive it too much to start with. But it's it's great. You know, the technology is already there. The car technology is already there. They've got to work on the range a little bit. Uh, uh, but most of all, they need to have a car charging network. Mm. And uh, people are going to want to charge their car at work. Everybody loves it. Uh, if they can just plug in their car. Because to be honest, it's such a small cost. The cost of electricity to charge a car at the moment, at least, is so small. I'm just telling people, just give it for free. Don't waste your time metering it or faffing around administering it. Just say, plug it in and take it because people love that. It's going to let your building, you know, that they're, they're going to want that. So uh, that's something we can do. And, uh, you know, I guess solar panels are something peripheral that's going to happen around that as well. So there's going to be a big revolution in all that kind of stuff. So it's it's very important that we deliver properties that are still going to be fit for purpose in the low carbon world. And when we're talking about the low carbon world, we're not talking about the distant future anymore. Maybe 10 years, 20 years, definitely. Everything's mm. going to change so, so radically that uh, it's a shame, really. I think uh, I, I think electric cars would have probably taken off a lot in 2020 had it not been for the pandemic and everyone stopped mm. basically because uh, you know, they brought in very favorable company car tax regime which I took advantage of. And I think loads of other people would have done, except, you know, no one was going to work. So never happened. Yeah. OK. Um, so in broader terms, then, I mean, property is an industry with a pretty big um, environmental footprint. What are the big steps you'd like to see the industry as a whole take in order to lessen its impact? Um, I think they just have to plan more carefully for the future, really. So, uh, you know, we need to um, 
we need to plan developments which are going to be future proof. So probably the worst thing you can do environmentally is build things and then knock them down again a short time afterwards. Mm. So I think we probably need to start planning our developments to have a longer lifespan since um, uh, it's one thing developers and purchasers even rarely think about obsolescence. You you need to think a lot about it when you're planning a development because uh, if you can increase the lifespan of a building by 50 years, well, even 20 years, that they, you know, the financial saving and the environmental saving from that are massive. So mm. uh, be thoughtful and think about how can you future-proof your building stroke development. Okay, excellent. Okay, well, on that note, I think we will bring things to a close. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being our Voice of the Region. Well, that has been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Jim. Great, sir.